So Money Episode 707, Ask Farnoosh, with special co-host Jennifer Zedlitz. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. You're listening to So Money, everyone. Happy Friday. And again, happy Nowruz to my Persian com- compadres out there. Uh, the start of spring, March 21st, also marks the Persian New Year. Wishing everybody out there who is Iranian or married into an Iranian family, <laughs> I hope you're having a wonderful celebratory week as it is. You know, we don't just as in true Persian style, we don't ever celebrate something for a night or a day. It becomes an entire month long or week long uh, celebration. So I have started to introduce some traditions into our family around this new year, especially now that we have kids. I want to try to, you know, create some, something to look forward to every year with no ruse. And so the other day I was walking Evan to school and I was trying to explain to him, now he's three and a half, so he's going to understand like 10% of what I'm telling him, especially when it's something as abstract as like the new year and the Iranian new year. And I don't think he's ever been told he's half Iranian, but here I am walking him to school and I'm telling him, you know, Evan, so you know, you were born in New York, but your, well, your grandma and your grandfather, they're from Iran and I'm their daughter. So I'm Iranian. And I'm like, okay, so how much is this in my mind? I'm like, okay, is he, is he with me? Is he still with me? And he's listening. And I said, so that makes you half Iranian. And I said, we celebrate an American New Year. And he goes, America? And I'm like, yeah, that's, he's like, but we live in Brooklyn. I'm like, well, well, you know, Brooklyn's a small part of America. He's like, okay. And I said, you know, and, and we have a, an Iranian New Year. And he goes, when is the New Year in space? <laughs> so just to show you how little kids' brains operate, pretty cool. And I didn't have an answer for that. But uh, maybe someday I will. Maybe one day we'll colonize space and uh, we will have a New Year on Mars and Jupiter and all the other parts of the galaxy. But until then, Happy New Year. Happy Nowruz to uh, the Persian community. All right. We have a special co-host today plucked from the audience, just how I like it. I like to meet the listeners as much as possible. So welcoming to the stage is Jennifer Zedlitz. Welcome to So Money, Jennifer. Hi, Farnoosh. Thanks for having me. Do you go by Jen or Jennifer? Either way. Either way? <laughs> really? No, yeah. you got to have a preference. Uh, different people call me different ways. It doesn't matter. All right. Well, it's great to have you on the show, and you volunteered to be on as a co-host. What possessed you? <laughs> well, I just – I really like financial podcasts, and I enjoy, you know, the upbeat personality that you have, and I've watched, you know, Bank of Mom and Dad years ago, so. You did? Oh, yeah. my gosh. What a throwback. <laughs> I loved that show. I'm really – um, sad that it it ended, but it was a uh, it was yeah. it was different, right? We got to go into people's homes, young women, and and help them crash, figure out their finances. It was compelling television. Oh yeah, definitely. I thought. Well, maybe maybe in the future, but it's nice to know that you've been with the show and well since well following my work ever since then. That was a long time ago. That was in the recession. You yourself are a mommy and a wife and you call yourself a financial wealth junkie. You're also a real estate investor. Really? Do you have multiple properties? 
Um, we currently have one rental and I'm, you know, looking for the next one right now. Yeah. And it's you're hard right now. We should <laughs> tell our audience where, where you live. That's to, uh, you're in Oregon, right? Yep. In uh, the Southern tip of Oregon on the coast. And so are there real good spots to invest as far as rental mm. properties out there or you're kind of, it's very sparse. Oh, <laughs> but you've managed expensive. to find some gems. Yeah. You got to look deep. <laughs> Spend some time, be committed. Yeah. <laughs> You're also a medical laboratory scientist. What kinds of research do you work on? Um, actually, I just work in the hospital lab. Um, you know, of course, I could work a lot of different places. But yeah, in the hospital lab, we do the work behind the scenes on mm -hmm. testing your blood and, you know, urine and that kind of thing. <laughs> And you're also the founder in your spare time and because, you know, I feel like you give a mom, a working mom, more to do. She'll get it done. Laboratorycareer.com. This is a cool website. It looks very profesh. Tell me all about it. <laughs> yeah, I just – I basically created it um, from working in, you know, large hospitals in the city to small rural hospitals like over here. We always have open positions and it's kind of hard to find more laboratory scientists because the field's pretty unknown uh, to the general public. But, you know, even though like 70% of treatment decisions or diagnosis are based on lab results, we just kind of aren't really out there. So I wanted to provide the information for people to really get involved in the field and how to kind of go about doing that. So that's kind of what I've been up to. <laughs> I love it because it seems very tangential to what you work on day in and day out. It's not yeah. really an it's not a huge departure, which is no. great. <laughs> it's all day long, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'd love to put your business, your financial acumen to the test. We've got some really good questions from listeners. The first one is from Holly, and she left a voicemail, and I will just play that. Here we go. Here's Holly. I saw you on Kelly and Ryan's show today. I remember the Clarity app, but I don't remember the name of the app that gets you a refund if a product you buy goes on sale. Thank you. All right, Holly, thanks so much for watching Live with Kelly and Ryan. I was on I was on March 13th. There aren't a lot of shows anymore, at least for me, that I get to go on and then there's like a live studio audience, Jen. So it was kind of fun to connect that way with people because it's always fun to see people in person and just pick up on their energy. And Kelly and Ryan are just such pros and so welcoming. But anyway, the question is, what was the app that I talked about that helps you save money on price-dropped purchases. So purchases you buy, this happens to all of us, right? You buy something. And in this retail environment, I feel like there are sales all of the time. So you buy something, even if it's on sale, it could go on a steeper sale. So what this app does, and it's called Ernie, E-A-R-N-Y. It's fantastic. I signed up for Ernie probably mid last year and really got to see it go to work for me around the holidays when I was purchasing stuff. And it was identifying price drops on the very things that I was buying. And the fact is, I mean, you're busy, right, Jen? Like, who has time to even know when stuff goes on sale? Like, how do you even know? Right. You have to, maybe <laughs> you're back in the store or you happen to be online and you catch it. But Ernie follows your purchases when the prices drop within the store's two to four week price adjustment period. Because a lot of stores will honor the sale price for you, if you just bought the item, say a week ago, or in some cases, three weeks ago, they'll give you the sale price and then they'll refund you the difference. But again, that takes awareness. It takes time. Ernie does all of it for you. 
virtually, and then you get money back on your card without even realizing that you are owed money. And I tell you what, over the I, I signed up for Ernie, and I, at first I wasn't getting any money back, and then. Come holiday season, you know, that's when you're doing a lot of the shopping. That's when a lot of the sales are going off. And I was making 10 bucks back here, 15 bucks back there. I saved hundreds of dollars over the holidays over the course of a few months. And since January of this year, I've saved over $115. And I'll tell you the stores that wow. seem to have a lot of the price drops, at least from where I shop, Zappos. Do you guys shop at Zappos? No. Not really? Well, it's, No, I, it's, I have big feet, so. It, oh, well, I love Zappos because it's free shipping and free returns, and I have a lot of growing feet in my family <laughs> between my daughter and my son, so it's good to – I know I can just buy a few pairs, and then I always end up returning some, but – the ones that I keep, those end up going on sale days, weeks later, and I get the price adjustment through Ernie without even having to worry about it. Also, Nordstrom and Amazon and Bloomingdale's, a lot of price adjustments from those retailers. So, I mean, look, yes, the site does take a cut, 25% of the refunds that it gets you. So that's just because they have to make some money. But uh, the way I see it is this is money that I wouldn't have even known to go get for myself and Ernie's doing it for me. So I'm happy to, you know, pay them a cut of that. So E-A-R-N-Y was the app. And if you missed all the others that I talked about, you can go to farnoosh.tv and go to my blog and I've posted the video as well as the apps there. Do you use any financial apps, Jen, as you're trying to keep your finances in order? Um, I actually do mint.com, that one mostly, mm-hmm. and, you know, and just kind of check it myself through the bank's. Yeah. Your banks app is sometimes the best place to start because that's where your spending is and it's free. And sometimes your banks app will give you, you know, other kinds of uh, perks for signing up for the app. All right. Our next question is an anonymous listener. They'd like to stay anonymous and they've left a voicemail. So here we go. Let's play that. Hi, Farnoosh. I have a question about stock options from a company. So my employer provided me with a few stock options and I know that I have to exercise them. They're non-qualified stock options, but I don't really know what the implications are, what I should do, how I should think about it. Just wondering if you had any advice. Thank you so much. All right. Stock options. I've never gotten stock options. Have you, Jen? No, never have. Yeah. So this is not my area of expertise, but I did do a little bit of digging for you and what I learned is that, I mean, I know what stock options are, right? They're basically, you work for a company, they give you stock options at a particular grant price, and then you can exercise the option, sell them at market price, but you usually have a window of time to execute on the option. Sometimes it's a year, sometimes it's two years. It's all, it's a way for a company to entice you to stay at the company because if you, leave, then obviously you lose the options. I kind of think of stock options as gravy and there's no way to time it. I think that what's more important is your own personal timeline for how long you want to work at the company. And also be mindful of the the time frame, the window for these stock options. If they're going to expire in the next year, you know, again, we can't time the market, but if you bought them at a pretty low price and the price now is a lot higher, then maybe now is the time to strike. My old boss, Jim Cramer, always said that pigs get slaughtered. And he, of course, is an investment guru. And he 
by saying this, I think what he's trying to get at is like, you know, if you're trying to time it to be greedy or if you are holding on to an asset because you just are firmly believing that it's going to go up in price and go up in price. I mean, sometimes you got to just, you know, take some money off the table and and be at peace with that. I'm not the expert here to tell you when to strike, but definitely before it expires. And if you are thinking of leaving, then then you definitely want to exercise it before you leave. Any other advice? Well, I think what I read that is that they're also taxed, you know, you get taxed on that. Sure. So you got to kind of way, you know, how much you'll get and what tax bracket you might move to. Yeah, that's a good point. So if if you wait longer, you might be making more and therefore you'll have, uh, you'll be in a higher tax bracket. And yeah, non-qualified stock options are subject to ordinary income tax. And so that is something definitely to consider. Good point. All right. Good luck to you. And um, we're moving on to Jason. Do you want to read off his question, Jen? the security Fortune 500 companies use. They need to know police are going to be on the scene immediately. This is exactly the kind of security you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break-in, they use real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. And that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your house. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, carbon monoxide poisoning, and it's all monitored 24 7 by live security professionals. You can set it up yourself with no tools needed, or they can do it for you, and it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Visit simplysafe.com slash so money. You'll get free shipping and a 60 day risk free trial. Be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash so money so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash so money. Uh, Jason says, What's a good secured credit card to get? Yeah. Well, so let's just take a step back. So, what is a secured credit card for everybody listening? This is, I call it like a credit card with training wheels. A lot of times if you are rebuilding credit or you're new to credit, you can't qualify for a traditional credit card yet for whatever reason, whether it's because you're new to the country, you don't have any credit to therefore justify getting a real credit card, or you had a bad experience with credit, whether it was you had a foreclosure, you were, you know, um, have a bad credit score. So a secured credit card, you can get at a lot of financial institutions. I think most offer them. And it allows you to put your own money on the card as the credit limit. And it's usually starting you off at a low limit, 500 to maybe 1,500 tops. And you use this card and then you pay back the card basically with your own money. You're paying yourself back essentially with the secured credit card. The goal is to work responsibly with this card that you're paying your bills on time, just like you owe the credit card. And then over the course of a year with good behavior, you could graduate into a real credit card that has a bigger limit and that, uh, you know, can actually increasingly help you boost your credit score. You want to make sure that whatever secured card you sign up for, Jason, that a few things. One is that the activity on that card is reported to the credit bureaus. Because one of the goals with using a secured card is to start to establish credit, right? So you want to make sure that 
this secured card is something that's getting the activity is being reported to the credit reporting agencies that it will necessarily, hopefully if you're being responsible, will help to boost your credit score. The other thing to look out for are the fees. Sometimes there are fees for opening up a secured credit card and they can be anywhere from 1% to 3%, sometimes nothing. And so look for the, I like to look for the cards that have a $0 fee. And you can search for secured credit cards online. There are sites like bankrate.com, nerdwallet.com. You can also start with your existing bank. Wherever you are banking, you can start there and ask. But don't assume that you have to get it with the car, with the bank that you're already a customer at. Definitely cast a wide net because if you can avoid the fee, why not? And you can search, you can narrow down your search usually online. But do ask, make sure it's in the fine print and that you verify it again with the bank that the activity on the card is going to get reported to the credit reporting bureaus. Um, but I, you know, I've never had a secured card, but I think that they can be a great way for people who need to better establish credit to get closer to that goal. Have you ever had a secured card, Jen? Um, actually we opened one for my husband after he had a bunch of debt and we paid it off and, you know, close all those cards. We had to kind of reestablish it. Yeah. So it actually, it worked out pretty good. I mean, he's back up in the seven hundreds now. Oh, so. good. Mm-hmm. And so how did you go about identifying your secured card? Did you pay a fee? It, I think it was like an annual fee, um, not monthly, but um, annual fee, and I mean, it, he started his credit was really bad at the time, so I think he only had two hundred and fifty on it. Wow. Okay. Like at start, yeah. So, but eventually, how long did it take until he was able to move over to a traditional credit card? Well, I don't think it took very long. Um, maybe like a year or two, and we might have just you know not been so proactive with it. But um, we were able to buy a house, you know, several years later. So, oh, as a co buyers. Yeah, he was joint. Uh-huh. That's great. That's really hopeful for anybody else out there that's like, yeah. you know, kind of in that in that tough spot. They, Jason, good luck to you. And if you are somebody who's looking to just improve your credit or be able to someday get that credit card, I think a secure card is one way to do it. The other way is that if you are married um, or in a, a maybe, I don't know, you have a, a, a responsible – person in your life that's close to you, whether that's a partner or a parent, to be a an authorized user on their card. Uh, that's another way, an equivalent to having your own card in some ways and helping you to build up credit. Now, the only caveat is that it's going to be your behavior and the other person's behavior that's going to be reported on both of your credit reports. So you just want to make sure that whoever you're um, signing up to be an authorized user on their card that that person is responsible and that you also like take it very seriously because I mean the goal is really to ultimately boost both of your scores but you can piggyback so to speak on someone else's card um, and you get your you're, you're issued your own card it's identically it's essentially the same account but you get your own card and that's just another way to go about it all right Christina. Christina has a great question. I lo- thank you for asking this question, Christina. And that is, she wants to know about my So Money course, which a lot of you have been signing up for. Thank you, thank you. If you have, or if you're on the fence, maybe this question will will help you get over it. So she wants to know that if the course is just for graduates, uh, she's married, thirty three, has a nine month old baby, eighty two thousand in debt 
combined, the household is making about 138000 in salary. They have savings, 22000 in savings, and they're renting. I think this course is for you, Christine. It sounds like you could really benefit from some of the lessons. And we also, what makes the course unique is that we don't just throw slides at you with and, and read off definitions of words, but we actually bring in real people with real questions about paying off debt and buying homes. And through their questions, we're able to really bring to life some of the advice that I have for the students. And so this course is part, I, I brought this course to market with Investopedia. So to get the course, you have to go to investopedia.com. Specifically, go to academy.investopedia.com and you can find the course there. We did end up changing the name. We tweaked the name from Master Your Money to Personal Finance for Grads. And I think that was just more of a, like the marketing team just thought that might be better SEO or perhaps uh, was just getting straight to the target market. And, it, and the truth is, it's a lot of young people taking this course. It's not like you're not learning higher level financial uh financial training. It's more the basics, but I think it's still valuable for people who are trying to overcome things like debt or become better at saving and budgeting and investing. It definitely can um, give you a lot of those foundations. So Christina, to answer your question, yes, I think that it could totally be up your alley. If you go to the landing page at Investopedia, look up personal finance for grads at academy.investopedia.com. There's a trailer. You can see what other students are saying. Um, and so you can get a little bit of a feel for it. And if you do sign up, remember to use Farnoosh20 as the code for 20% off. And it's $99 normally, so that'll save you a good 20 bucks. And thanks for your question. I hope that the course works out for you. All right. Jennifer, read off our last question, please, from Mona. All right. Mona says, what are your thoughts on laundromats as a business? Could you guide me through the pros, cons, location, strategy, environment friendly, how to find one online and avoid an agent fee? Whoa, that's a lot of questions. I, yeah. I'm i sort of flattered that she thought I would have all the answers to that. <laughs> but I love, where her, where, I love where her head's at. The laundromat business I have read. You can maybe chime in here, Jen. I've, I've read that this is like one of the most recession proof, one of the most recession proof businesses out there. I remember during even the most recent recession, there were articles in the New York Post. And here in New York, I mean, there's there's a laundromat, a coin-operated laundromat every few blocks. You can imagine there's so many people living here and not everyone can have a laundromat in their building. And they don't go out of business because I think, I think like even just as a wife and as a mom and as somebody who lives in a household, we collect a lot of laundry over the course of a week. It is the last domestic frontier. Nobody wants to do laundry. <laughs> so if you live in a city and you value your time and you don't have, say, access to a laundromat in your apartment or in your building, then you have to wash your clothes. So a laundromat, whether it's coin-operated or one that's a little more established, like that has dry cleaning and wash and fold, I think either way, you can't go wrong. Now, what do you think? I mean, you don't live – it sounds like you're not in a very urban environment, right? <laughs> no, we're in a pretty rural So people do their area. own laundry. So don't open it up where Jennifer lives. <laughs> we, I can at least give you some location advice. 
you know, you got to go somewhere where there are people. It's like a transient environment. People are living in apartments mainly where they don't have the ability to have washer and dryers in their apartments. That's a no-brainer. I mean, you don't want to go into the suburbs and open up a coin laundromat unless maybe it's near a college or just a, a very well-known area that has a lot of young people and um, they don't own their homes. They rent. They don't have the access to laundromats. And I would also maybe along the way, this is, this is just me because I'm really interested in how to innovate something that is a very traditional business model. How can you Uberify this, Mona, right? How can you make laundry service kind of an on-demand thing? And I know there are some actually some companies that are test driving this model in New York where they'll come and pick up your laundry, you know, the same way that you would call an Uber, you'd call the laundromat service to come to your house, pick up your laundry, they take it off site, they do the laundry, and then they bring it back to your home, washed, fold, dry, pressed, all that. And I think within 24 hours. So you know, that's definitely the 2.0 version, the 3.0 version of the laundromat. But I feel like that could be something to experiment with, think about. Uh, there are tons of books on this, Mona. I actually did an Amazon search for you. You've probably done it yourself. But just to reiterate, there's a, just go to laun- Amazon, type in starting a coin laundry, and there's coin laundries. Uh, Road to Financial Independence, A Complete Guide to Starting and Operating, Profitable Self-Service Laundries. Jennifer, do you watch Real Housewives of New York? I used to. You used to? Like, when did you give up? This is relevant, by the way. Oh, I mean, it's probably been like five years. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, there's a kind of a – there's a guy on the show, and I can't remember his name now. Johnny, I want to say. John. Yeah, he runs a very popular family-run – dry cleaning service. And he caters mainly to the rich. So people who have very expensive designer outfits that you can't just like throw in the laundry and you would even actually be nervous giving it over to the per- the, the, the dry cleaner on the corner. You want to go somewhere where you just know they're going to handle it with super care and he charges a lot of money. And it seems like he's rolling in the dough, you know? And it's not this like sophisticated business necessarily. I mean, it is, but it's not like, it's, it's you know, it's old school. It's laundry. So it's it's not very glamorous, but it I think it can do very well for people who want to have a, a long-term run at this, at running their own business. I think that it can definitely withstand the test of time. So I'm so excited that one of my listeners is, is thinking in this direction, Mona. I'm really excited for you and let us know where you land with this with this idea. And Jen, Jennifer, I mean, you have a business more or less. You have this website. Do you have aspirations to kind of take it to the next level? What does that even look like? Um, well, I mean, on the website, I'm kind of more providing information right now, building my listener base or, you know, reader base. And I'm also going to post uh, job postings on there as well. So that's where I'll, you know, financially make something off of it, but also trying to give back. So I plan to take 10% of it to pay for the clinical lab science internship students. They have to go through a, you know, pretty hard year of training and living expenses. It's kind of hard to work while you're doing that. So I'd like to kind of help them get through the year. That's great. Giving back. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you had fun. I hope it was everything you thought of and more. Oh, absolutely. I'm so excited. (laughs) 
Jennifer Zedlitz, thank you so much. Everybody, check out laboratorycareer.com. And thanks for listening. I really appreciate you coming on for listening and for uh, just being along for the journey ever since Bank of Mom and Dad days. That's that's commitment. Yep. That's <laughs> totally. Thank you. <laughs>